This is exactly right. Hi, I'm Erin Welsh. And I'm Erin Almond Updike, and we're the hosts of This Podcast Will Kill You on Exactly Right. We're back with our seventh season, which is bigger and better than ever. Because guess what? We're now a weekly show. This season, we're tackling everything from long COVID to norovirus, from the supplement industry to IVF, and so, so much more. New episodes drop every single Tuesday. Follow This Podcast Will Kill You wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, Kurt, you ready for one? Uh, yeah. Cat's movie VFX artist confirms the quote butthole cut was a <laughs> says a horrible Tom Hooper made the process hell. <laughs> yeah, that's bananas. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Bananas, the silliest little news story there ever once was. Uh, my name is Kurt Brownoller. And I'm Scotty Landis. Kurt, I think we should get into it today because we have a mm-hmm. very special guest. Mm-hmm. So I could just start listing our guests' uh, accolades, and it would take about 45 minutes. Um, so I'm going to just narrow it down to some of the highlights. Um, she is a four-time Olympic gold medalist, a boom. four-time WNBA champion with the Seattle Storm, number 10 boom, boom. on the Seattle Storm, 11-time WNBA All-Star, and... 11! I know. It's, it's more than 10. And a two-time NCAA national champion at UConn. While I was at UMass, they didn't play us. I was th- very thankful because they would have killed us. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, the smooth, the mighty Sue Bird. Hi, Sue. Hi. Great intro. Especially that UMass part. Oh my God. I was so glad you didn't. Well, we were at college at the same. Oh, yeah. Mecca Okafor used to demolish us. Yeah. The U series, I think, is what they called it. Yeah. We probably would score about 40 points a game. But you, your teams were even more badass. I I was honestly relieved every year that you weren't on the UMass women's schedule. (laughs) It's crazy. Um, Where are you hiding out these days, Sue? Uh, right now I'm in New York, but you can usually find me in Seattle or Connecticut. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're all riding it. Yeah. Um, let me tell you about this story, and I can yeah, give a little context. You know um, we're gonna get. You, you know we're gonna get shit for this. We've already been cited for having too many butthole stories. Um, <laughs> I know. That's why I'm doing this up right off the top. Uh, you you are. You're doing it. You're taunting people. Okay. Yeah. Um, this one was sent in by Amy Allard on Instagram. Thank you very much, Amy. And I promise after this episode to our Bananimals, this will be our last butthole edition for a very long time. So, everybody is indoors watching Netflix, HBO, everything these days. That's mm-hmm. what we do. Uh, <laughs> so, last month, uh, they released Cats. And there was... Uh, <laughs> Sorry. There was a, a rumor going around that there was a, quote, a uh, butthole cut of cats. The evidence was a tweet. <laughs> oh, a, a butthole cut where you could see all their buttholes. Okay, now yes, I understand. Yes, anatomically correct cats. Uh, and there was a tweet <laughs> claiming from one anonymous VFX producer who was tasked with removing all the CGI buttholes uh, that had been inserted months before the movie's <laughs> final release. So people uh, really thought this was maybe a rumor. And then the Daily Beast tracked down this person who tweeted this, uh, who declared, quote, I edited out the buttholes from cats. It was a nightmare. (laughs) I mean, of course it was. Uh, Of course it was. Why were they there in the first place? I know. (laughs) So You know that there was a discussion about it. Like there was a high level discussion at the studio about the buttholes like that. (laughs) That's what I wish I had been a fly on the wall for those conversations. And someone was like, you keep them in. This is truth. We're doing. We're making cats. (laughs) (laughs) So did you see this movie? Have you seen? No, I, um, you know, like everyone, I think I saw the reviews. 
And then I just went, because, <laughs> you know, for me growing up, cats was like, we actually, what was it like fourth grade? We mm-hmm. like read cats. It was like a thing in English class. And they took us because I'm from Long Island, not that far from yep. the city. And they would Jersey. like take us in a, and they would like take us into the city for like, you know, that big moment where we all got to see the place. So I saw it live and I'm like, I don't want to have it ruined for me. I kind of like yes. it in my memory. That's a great reason. I think we did the exact same thing. I think I was like in fourth grade or something, and we went to see Cats at the Winter yeah. Garden box office. Yep. yep. <laughs> it, was a bi- it, was, it was a big day. It was huge. Um, yeah, I don't remember you, their well, buttholes being there, though. Exactly. <laughs> That's what I was about to say. That wasn't a chapter. <laughs> <laughs> I, heard, I heard I read a thing that during the end of the run of Cats, people had become so obsessed with it that there was literally people hired to stand in the audience at first. And there's like a big thing because everyone comes dressed as their favorite cat. And then everyone would sing along. And so everyone would have to, there would be people in the audience to make sure people dressed as cats in the audience didn't sing along during the actual show. So constantly shushing adults in cat costumes who are like, ma'am, you're not on stage. You're not on stage. That's an epic job. Yeah. (laughs) What do you put as your description for that? It's like, you need a paragraph. Yeah. A cat shusher. It's an usher shusher. shusher. Yeah, an usher, usher. <laughs> an usher, usher. I think like there is something about musicals that people become obsessed in a very real way. Like, it. I worked with a girl when I was in Queens, um, who I won't name her name, but her. I found out that in college and high school, her nickname was Renty, and uh, <laughs> it's because she went and saw Rent one hundred times, and I always was like, so I hadn't seen it at that point. I'd only seen on in South Park on um, Team America World Police where they make fun of it. Um, <laughs> so I was like, I think I know what this is. Then when I finally saw Rent, I was like, I don't think I could watch that two times and enjoy it the whole way through. But anything over 10, you're insane. It's crazy. And in those seats, never... like she physically went? <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> That's yes. the part where I'm like, oh, the effort that requires the, the, the snugness of the chairs. We all know. It's really claustrophobic. Too tight. Yeah. Too tight. Well, Kurt Kurt and I used to go with his mom. She was had the uh, Manhattan Theater Pass, and we would go quite often to see plays, and they were usually the Sunday matinees, and Kurt is 6'4", I'm 6'3", and we would be packed in with old people. Uh, Most of the people there are over, I would say, 65, if not 80. It's, It's like a matinee on a Sunday. Yeah. And there was always, and so Kurt and I always had to slouch, like just uncomfortably (laughs) get down because we felt bad. It, you know, and they weren't uh, tapping you. I'm sure they would have tapped you if you, yeah, forget about it. (laughs) Yeah, Um, they may have actually. And then what I would notice is, uh, 15 minutes in, every single person is asleep, uh, asleep except for Kurt and I. (laughs) And then at the in the what's it called the intermission everybody has to pee so the lines for the bathroom because they're all old folks is so long and then everybody come back in and be wide awake for the back half and I'm like so they only really know how this thing ends (laughs) (laughs) and they're gonna try again next week (laughs) (laughs) we can do it it's funny I went to a a friend of mine we met in the city we're like all right let's catch a matinee let's do a fun lunch Mm -hmm. catch a matinee and then we're gonna meet friends for dinner this whole thing's planned and we're like looking at all the, the Broadway shows that were, and we're like, oh, I love the movie Elf. Like, let's go see Elf on Broadway. This is perfect. Sure. Yeah, why not? And then we went in, we sat down, took a look around. We were like, we do not belong here. It was literally like <laughs> we brought the average age, age up by like oh. easy. It was all kids. I mean, there were parents, obviously. But we were like, we actually, we were more like, not only do we not belong here, like we don't have kids with us. People are going to start to look at us like, what the, what yeah. are you doing here? You're going to It was totally children. for kids. Yeah. It was yeah, not it was, an adult. I mean, like the elf movie is for adults, I know, really. I know. It was very disappointing. I'm not going to lie. It was good because it's the story, but it was for kids. Yeah. They were like, get me out of here. Oh, man. Uh, good times. They all make me laugh, though. Like musicals, uh, they everyone makes me laugh. Even the greats, even Les Mis and, and Cats. But because there is something about people talking. Just having, you know, they're as if they're just having a discussion, and when the emotion hits, they start singing. That is so funny. I totally to me. agree. That's how I felt yeah. about Dream Girls. I was like, I don't think I can watch this movie. Like, yes. it's not be funny. <laughs> it, but like, they would just break out in song in the kitchen. I'm like, yeah, yeah it's yeah. so weird. 
I um same with like Rocket Man the movie. I went and saw Rocket Man and like I love Elton John's music. The story is very good, but as soon as like they turn and the lighting changes and they get all somber and start singing like Soto to themselves, I just start giggling. Like it is. Yeah. It's such a it's such a trope that it's difficult to get over. Yeah, especially that um, one because it was off the heels of Bohemian Rhapsody. So Bohemian Rhapsody. So you're kind of like, "Ooh." And then it was, "Oh." Yeah. <laughs> yeah, hey. That's, That's my a good review. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Are you guys ready for another story here? Yes. All righty. Uh, this one uh, was sent in by uh, <laughs> at Beef for Babs. Thank you, Babs. <laughs> uh, this is so difficult to do. For some reason, this website. Okay, here it is. Uh, I made my shed the top-rated restaurant on TripAdvisor. <laughs> <laughs> so this is this was this is appeared on Vice. This is written by Uba Butler, who actually did this. Uh, he this is pretty amazing. This is from 2017, right? But he was just noticing, and this is from the UK. And I think in the UK, TripAdvisor is kind of like our Yelp, like they use TripAdvisor for like all restaurants in London. Mm-hmm. He lives in London. Uh, and so he set up this place. He literally, his shed is like, it's not even a shed that we would call a shed. It's almost like a child's, like imagine a child's shed, like a, a child's imagination shed. Okay. You know, so it's like maybe like five feet tall and it's pink and it has a little door. Like you could imagine a child in it. He calls it a shed. Yeah. Uh, so he set it up. He created a menu. He created a website, but the menu doesn't have food. It has moods. Okay. And so, like, each one is just a different mood because he's like, it has to be, like, stupid. And then he's like, okay, well, what it should be is very exclusive. So then there's no address. He doesn't list an address, and it's, like, by appointment only uh, because he had been paid – he had been paid $13 a review by restaurateurs to go on to TripAdvisor and re- review their restaurants. So he's like, so I know how to do this. And so he got a bunch of friends' computers at their houses and then started reviewing his restaurant on TripAdvisor. He, by the time he had placed his 58th review, okay. uh, he, <laughs> he became like number Commitment. four in London. And then he had a phone that was like registered to the place. The phones start ringing much like the banana phone, uh, he starts getting hundreds of calls a day for people asking to like book their like 70th birthday Amazing. party and all this sort of stuff. Amazing. Uh, and so then, then like it's so lighting up. All the comments are people mm-hmm. who can't get into They called it the shed at Dulwich. Um, you can go check out the website. It's the shed at Dulwich.com. Um, the, all of the food is completely made up. <laughs> One of the meals is just called a- empathetic. And it's it's <laughs> vegan clams in a clear broth with parsnips, carrots, <laughs> celery, and potatoes served with rye crisps. Oh. Uh, and, and then it became so, so. Then it became the number one for two weeks. It was the number one rated restaurant in London. And then he actually had people come and eat, and he just served them. Oh, and all of the food. All, like he had these beautiful pictures of food, and I'll put these on our on the Instagram guys. The food looks so beautiful, and then he shows what it actually is. Uh, this looks like if I looked at it, I'm like, "That's some goat cheese and maybe a creme brulee." Uh-huh. Very beautiful, and it's uh, it's a toilet bowl cleaner with <laughs> Gillette foam and some honey on top of it. Uh, and then another one where it's just like this really nice looking egg with like something it almost looks like a piece of ham that's underneath it very well done and then he shows the bigger picture and it's just his foot so it's just an egg on top of his foot on a plate um, but yeah I'll put a link in it but this guy is uh, he's pretty great he actually had people come and the best part is he had a table of four who came he was so nervous because like they're doing he served them all frozen dinners but like just like with like some spices on the side amazing <laughs> and the people left and said okay now that we've been here once it'll be easier to book in the future and he was like oh you'd like to come back <laughs> he said yes i would like to come back and like they made another reservation and the place doesn't exist anymore and it's been taking off of TripAdvisor. but it was a pretty wild ride for that guy for a month yeah it says here he staged a genuine opening night for the restaurant Yes. Serving thinly disguised ready meals. I'm assuming that's the <laughs> TV dinner to yeah. ten customers. Yeah. 
He'd blindfold them and lead them down an alley. <laughs> That's so what good. This guy and this, gets at least it. Just like when you get bored. Yeah. I mean, this is, but this is what you got to do. You, you can make nothing something. Like you can take – he had time. He had an idea. He made it exclusive. He made it yes. exclusive. Yeah. That's yes. what I'm always wondering about. Like these restaurants where like people are like, have you been – I remember there was, was this place in New York. I think it was called – I, I want to call it Peaches and Cream. It wasn't Peaches and Cream. It was okay. like honey and strawberry or honey and wine. Yeah, it's cute. It was, it, was a, it was like one of the first of those like secret cocktail bars where there was like literally oh. 11 people allowed right. in and it was in a secret place. Yeah, the place. speakeasy type. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you weren't allowed to curse for some reason. Oh. Uh, it was really weird. And I never went, but people were talking about it and I'm just like, that sounds terrible. I don't want to do that. Like you have to yeah. wait in a very long line to go sit in a crowded room of 10 people and have like – a drink that you don't get to order because they like do it based on like your aura or whatever. <laughs> oh god! <laughs> See, like I've been to one in New York where, and it was I'm I'm not gonna lie, it was cool. You yeah. basically I can't pull the name off the top. You've probably heard of it. You walk into like this like Mexican type restaurant, but like more more like hole in the wall. Like not mm-hmm. even more like hole in mm-hmm. the wall. And you can see people cooking, and you go back through the kitchen. They're all cooking back there. You go down some steps, and then boom, yep. you're in this like really cool lounge bar. But it was bigger than oh. eleven people, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So oh, that's kind of like awesome. I mean, they're bas- they're serving regular drinks and it's regular alcohol. But listen, I had to walk through a kitchen, so I like it. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. They, I think they've just gone too far with it because yeah, there was a place I don't know if it's still there on St. Mark's uh, at and it was Angels Crif- Dog. Ang- Remember oh, Crif- yeah. Dog, Kurt? Uh-huh. Um, Sue, so I don't know if you ever went there, but it was like a hot dog joint, and then they had a phone booth, and you had to have a reservation. But you go in the phone booth, you pick up the phone, and you, I would, you know, you'd have to say "Bird Party of Two, and you had to be right on time. And then this other door would open, and one at a time, you had to go through the phone booth okay. into this back bar, and it was called the PDT Bar, and it was killer cocktail bar. It was amazing. That's oh why, yeah, that's why you like to live. It. I'm sure Seattle has a lot of that too. Seattle's so far ahead with culinary stuff. Every time I go there, the Seattle's food the is best insane. Food. The food yeah. is so good. I know it's like everywhere I go, it'll, they'll be like, "Oh, our uh, you know fish of the day or whatever is crab something something something." I'm like, I know you think that's good crab, but like in Seattle, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they're yeah. literally pulling it out of the water. So everywhere yeah. I go, yeah. it's a huge disappointment in seafood. Yeah, that's true. Hundred percent. Yeah, I love no. I love the food in Seattle. It is yeah, it's, it's one great. of my favorite places to play. Yeah. It's a great it's a great scene. Oh man, I can't wait to go to restaurants again. <laughs> <laughs> no, right. <laughs> I'm just getting so excited right off the bat. Also, Seattle's <laughs> probably our biggest listenership. We and uh, so Sue, we have a phone called the Bananas Phone. This company, Mint Mobile, gave uh, Kurt and I a phone that I just leave on and answer anybody that calls. I talk to them for a minute and then hang up, <laughs> and it's so so fun. Um, but most of the calls come from Seattle, like a heavy majority, to the point where I was finally like, "You guys will probably be our first stop when we can take this on tour." Um, Oh yeah, please. I love awesome. God. I love it up there. It's so fun. Yeah, it's great. We do so years ago. I was with my two good friends, uh, whose names I'm not making up: Mamrie and Flula. Um, <laughs> Mamrie's been on the pod, uh, and Flula Borg, who's an actor and comedian. And we were hanging out having drinks, and we were like, "We, I don't know if you know what SantaCon is, but they're basically it grew, and now it's just drunk." bros i'm very familiar horrible. yes i've seen them wandering the streets many times yes <laughs> yes so we were like we need to start our own uh bar crawl that nobody else will want to do except us so we were having martinis and we came up with this thing called fraser ween and fraser ween <laughs> i like where this is going well sue i'm gonna invite you because uh, <laughs> so i'm a our, huge fraser fan exactly and it has nothing in. to do You're with in. seattle <laughs> He was, they no. were, Fraser was just like in the lineup growing up, like that late yes. night lineup. Yes. So here are the rules. And we've done this. So the rules of Fraser Wien are very simple. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one person has to dress like Fraser, at least one. You can have multiple Frasers if you want. Everybody else has to dress like anything related to the show Frasier. So like someone could be a chopped salad. We've had to- Flula was tossed salad to- toss when we salad. did one in Vegas. Uh, he could be a microphone. You can be the microphone. We had uh, we had a microphone. We had the space needle. Uh, we had one person that was the intro page. We had a piano because he has a piano in his apartment. Yeah, he has a huge piano. Yeah. yeah, the dog. Ma- Mamrie was 
the recliner. So she built where she could sit and the pads and the duct tape. She was the dad's recliner. We've had all the characters. We've had Roz. We've had the dogs. Um, So our first one was in Seattle, of course. Oh, the other. So those are the first two rules. And the only other rule is it can't be on Halloween. So nobody can just think we're dressed. It has to be stupid as well. Yeah, yeah. You have to. Yeah. So we rented a party bus in Seattle uh, uh, the night before New Year's Eve. And we had. Imagine uh, it was the night before New- the biggest party <laughs> yeah. on the earth. Yeah, January, uh, I mean, December 30th, uh, we went out. We grabbed some great sushi, went to Unicorn Bar, which is fun as hell. We did this bar crawl for about six hours, and we had like a little Bluetooth speaker blasting, um, like remixed versions of the intro of the theme music (laughs) yes and then you can only when you cheers every time you go you have to say oh dear god oh dear god Uh, (laughs) so we got two reactions because we we did it in seattle for obvious reasons the show takes place there we've also done them in las vegas because we went up the stratosphere and it was just it's chaos um (laughs) But half the people in Seattle were like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> and then the <laughs> other half were like, we're coming. So we had people riding along in the party <laughs> oh, bus. Um, we're going to do our third one got canceled because of uh, the Great Quar. But I will invite everybody. Sue, I'm so glad you're a fan. Um, our friend Chaley, who was on the podcast, was going to come. And Niles' wife, who we never see, she was just going to wear all black head to toe. Yeah. Just so she was just <laughs> oh, somewhere so else, smart. like that's a so shadow. Smart. What um, is it, Edith? Edith. Edith. Uh, Edith. Edith? Uh, nice. Someone with an if. There's yes. an if. And so she was going to be that and just like standing darkly in the background. <laughs> but the next one is going to be in wine country. And it's going to be called Fraser Wine Ween Country. And we're going <laughs> to... Classic. I don't know if you're a wine drinker, but come on down and we'll drink some Andalusian <laughs> sherry. Uh, so, Scotty, te- tease us with one and let's take a break. Okay. What's a fun one? Oh, this one's fun. Uh, student sparks chaos by testing teachers' engagement rings to see if they're real. <laughs> I'm interested. Mm-hmm. Bananas. If you're skeptical, then maybe check the facts, but you better believe. back ladies and gentlemen thank you for listening to bananas if uh, you enjoy the show please uh, go rate and say you like it on apple podcasts also go to our instagram at the bananas podcast dm us stories dm us uh stories from your life uh we're doing also uh minisodes every other thursday on stitcher premium if you want a uh a free month to stitcher premium you can go to stitcher dot com slash bananas for a free month uh, to listen to those minisodes. We have the amazing and fantastic Sue Bird as our guest today. Thank you for being here, Sue. I have a, I have a correction to make. I just looked Come it up. In. It's Lilith. Lilith. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. I knew there yeah. was an I thought you were going to be like, I have a correction to make. My name is Sue Birdithmith. (laughs) (laughs) I'm, I don't play basketball. Uh, (laughs) It's all a big, it's all a big hoax. Yeah. I knew I was going to fuck it up somehow. (laughs) They booked the wrong Sue Bird. I'm a reggaeton star. (laughs) We are so sorry, Sue. Um, That is so funny. I also want to give a quick shout out. We, uh, the Bananas phone, as mentioned earlier, I did get two calls this morning before we taped. One of them is a gentleman named Fernando. We're giving Fernando a real shout out. He's starting chemo today. He's going to be doing it for six months. Nice. He just gave, uh, his wife just gave birth to their first child two months ago but he was wildly optimistic he listens to the podcast when things get tough fernando fernando kick its ass man yeah man and when you're sitting there and getting the thing for the hour or so that you have to go in and do it pop us on we'll be there for you man absolutely just had to put that in there um so i had a side question not relating to these stories um because you used to play in russia you've been around the world a gazillion times 
are you a part of the million miles? Like, have you flown so much that you're a million miler? You, <laughs> like you they, must they be. They greet me when I board and shake my Yes, hand. <laughs> I want to know. Uh, not quite. I wish. I did, close, I did though. once. Yeah, got to be close. I did once book a, have you ever heard of these around the world tickets? No. Yes, where like I, if you're at if you go like around mm-hmm. the world you get like all these well first of all that the price is like crazy reduced which was amazing huge perk but you get to like change it at any time you get to like wow. do you have all these like none of the rules apply to you so i have done an around the world ticket and i basically okay. went around the world you did it for fun yeah it was just like a one of those like bops at different spots like visit my friend in australia then go to europe then go to here and then back to america so it was pretty wild oh so, no. that's awesome Awesome. Yeah, it was cool. It was fun. Um, yeah. So you have to just continually go in like kind of like one direction, right? I, yeah, I actually don't know that it's a one direction thing, but you have to like, I think at some point kind of like complete something, whatever their criteria is that counts as around the world. So I feel like. Oh, that's pretty great. How long it's not a million miles, but what? How long ago did you do that? Oh, my God. Like 14 years ago. In my younger, in my younger years. In I still had the energy. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god no i'm just so curious i bet you gotta be close to that million i was like oh i'm like on it with my miles though yeah I'm like one of those weirdos oh you have to be when around. you fly that much you have to be yeah i'm like uh does delta go there no i'll connect i'll connect it's fine <laughs> <laughs> i get it all right let me tell you guys about this this was sent in from oh no this is written by alex lasker at yahoo news Yahoo. alex is simply the best in the business okay so a high school student has has begun wreaking havoc among his teachers with a 16 dollar gadget that can supposedly tell whether a diamond is real no no i mean this no. is so good so he's a tiktok star on the rise known as diamond tester kid how is that available <laughs> what <laughs> it's probably got to have an underscore in there somewhere yeah <laughs> yeah exactly 19 uh, shoot are you kidding me 2007 um uploaded i love that i love that idea like he just got a bit he's like i bought this diamond tester kid it was 16 this is who I am now. <laughs> Already it's made his money back, so... I'm sure. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, so he uploaded his first video, which is now part of an eight-part series, which is so funny, on September 21st. In the now viral clip, which has been viewed over 4.9 million times, the teen uses a Diamond Selector 2 to test if one of his teacher's wedding rings is real diamond, a stimulant stone, which is a, which I didn't know the word for. Cubic zirconium, um, or yeah, which is like a cubic zirconium. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and then the our buddy Alex had to put in in parentheses. To be clear, there's nothing wrong with a non-diamond ring. <laughs> um, it's just that you should probably not lie to your future betrothed on the very day you get engaged. <laughs> so the little TikToker uh, says, "Diamond Tester Kid says to the teacher in the video, you think this is real?'" The teacher says, yes, of course. He says, let me test it. And the teen, before touching the tip of the Diamond Selector 2 to the ring's large center stone, uh, the teacher's like already freaking out. Unfortunately, the tool determines the stone is not a real diamond, which naturally the teacher does not seem too thrilled about. So in the first video he posts, fake diamond. In another one, which has been viewed 9.7 million times, Diamond Tester Kid uh, enters one of his teacher's classrooms and says, Hey, hey, Miss T, you're married, right? (laughs) Oh, man, (laughs) this kid is just dangerous. He's like the evil Knievel of uh, high school kids. After she says yes and confirms she's wearing her wedding ring, the teen asks her, Do you think it's real? She says nervously, I hope so. She saw the first video, probably. She's yes. a <laughs> Sadly for Miss T. Yeah. She's, yeah. Hell yeah, it's real. Um, he owns a Chevy dealership. Uh, sadly for Miss T, the device rules her ring to also be fake. She did not seem as happy about the experiment. And in a subsequent call, she calls her husband on camera and says, I got this kid in my room telling me this ring isn't real. <laughs> uh, the TikToker slyly captures. Uh, are you kidding me right now? Is this real or not? Not real. Um, this is so. Thankfully, not everybody on Diamond Testing Clips showcases a loss. In one video, a teacher put forth three rings, and all three were genuine diamonds. <laughs> and I would then, not want to know. 
I would not want to know. I'm not sure if I'm trusting this thing. It's sixteen dollars, and it it doesn't have to have one of those like you put it to your eye. Like yes, you need that thing. You need that that shot glass thing that you look at stuff. (laughs) Yeah, you you wouldn't want to know. No, I wouldn't want to know. I would want to just continually. <laughs> Pay insurance. You don't want to live the line. That's just glass. <laughs> <laughs> I just love this kid, though. Yeah. <laughs> um, all the comments are really funny on the videos. I'm sure a lot of our bananas already know this, but like comments are things like, "You're the reason they're getting divorced. Why'd you expose her husband like that? You just ruined a marriage." Um, it's got to be true. I I picked this one, Kurt. Because you used to use that HVAC thermometer oh, yeah, laser yeah, yeah, gun. Yeah. yeah, this was a. <laughs> it all came about from a crazy place. Um, <laughs> I had had. I had got bed bugs when I lived in New York City many, many years ago. I won't talk about it because people, no one likes to hear anything about bed bugs. Yeah. But one of the ways yes. of getting rid of them is like you have to put all your clothes in a dryer and get them over a certain like 130 degrees or certain for 20 minutes. And I couldn't find a way to make sure that they were like dead because I was like, I'm going to kill these fuckers. <laughs> so I got this HVAC laser and it's like meant for like like HVAC guys use it to like shoot They'll shoot the laser at like a vent and make sure that like air conditioning's coming out of it or heat's right. coming out of it. And it gives you exactly what the temperature is. So then I started taking it on stage, and that's how I would start my sets by taking people's crotch temperatures <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then reading that to them from afar. <laughs> it was so funny because people yeah. get nervous and people also everybody's nervous. crotch when you're in the sh- front up. row of a show is like nervous <laughs> but yes yeah, so you got to do this when when the bubble's done and you can get back just when you're warming up I'll just start pointing it yeah. like, who's oh, ready yeah. to play who's ready to play let me check that crotch <laughs> you're not ready you got five more degrees <laughs> you don't have that fire inside you that we need right now yeah. <laughs> my crotch is 240 degrees <laughs> i'm ready to go Oh, God. It made me so happy when you used to do the Kurt. And people would tense up. And, like, you know, so I don't know how much live stand-up you go see. But, like, people are nervous about getting heckled. Like, anybody. You just don't yeah. want it to happen. And so when Kurt would do it to the first person and get a laugh, you could just feel everybody in the front row just tighten up. Just be like, oh, God, please. Yeah. Putting their cocktail between their legs. Often be, it would depend on, like, how drunk people were. Because there would definitely be a lot of times where, like, people are just like, Give it like just spreading their legs. Like, give it to me. I got a good hot crotch, and I'm just like, what was like the, what was like the uh, distance? What was the range? I mean, it's supposed. I don't know. I mean, it's, you know, I mean, like it's as far as a laser goes. It was like thirty, forty feet. You know, you could do it. I don't know how accurate it is. I mean, it's you know, it is a tool that's supposed to be used in a work environment. So I guess it's supposed. I just got to know though. Did did the bed bugs die? Wait, did you get Great the temperature? Great question, right? Sue. Great question. Great Gotta follow up on that. This was I. I mean, like this was a real tough time in my oh. life. I was also like single, and so like the way I got them was at this doing a, a show in a venue in this place Maxwell's in New Jersey that R.I.P. Maxwell's. It was a great place, um, but I got them there. I'm pretty sure, and I came home. So I then. My jacket had them, I'm pretty sure, and that's how they got in the house. That's what I got in. So then I had to take my jacket and everything I was wearing and put it in a plastic bag and put it out on the fire escape because it was wintertime. So then the only thing I had to wear going around town was this very light, thin jacket, like a, like a <laughs> starter jacket. I remember this. Starter jacket? given to me. Yeah. Like, oh, like wow. you know, uh, that was like, given to not- me by... Uh, someone who had worked, who had made a commercial for Doritos, and it just said Doritos on it. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, I don't want this shit. I was like, I'll take it because I just took everything. I'm cold. Point. Yeah. So then I was walking around single in New York City with just this Doritos <laughs> jacket with bed bugs, trying to meet ladies, and that is when I met my current wife. And I gave her bed bugs. Uh, she had to move out. I had to move out. We mm-hmm. moved out and moved in together. And now we have two kids, and we're still, still together. So, so you, you can give somebody bed bugs. bugs. Yeah, you kind of yeah. love bed bugs. I kind of love bed bugs. Soft spot for bed bugs. <laughs> uh, all right, you guys want to hear this next story? Ready? Here we go. I think so. Oh, 
Oakland's notoriously aggressive turkey captured by wildlife expert posing as frail woman. Um, this is Gerald, the inordinately... Okay, so this was sent in by A-K-O-K-O-W, A-K-O-K-O-W. Uh, and this is uh, on ABC7. This is by Alex Marthichu. Thank you, Alex. Thank you, Alex. So for a long time, I've been following this. I don't know if you guys have been following this This saga. This turkey, we got a lot of bananas sending this story in. It wasn't new. It wasn't podcast worthy until this capture. Yes. But Gerald, this has just been an aggressive turkey that's been <laughs> terrorizing this Oakland neighborhood for a very long time. Uh-huh. And, it, in, and it forced the closure of Oakland's Morecambe Rose Garden because this turkey was, a, was attacking old women and God. children all the time. Uh, oh, my and God. And so... And but it, but people, this is such like an Oakland story too. Is like before the quar, the turkey would just like hang out, mm-hmm. and it was just like it was a wild turkey that was just in a urban area. Yeah, and there's like photographs of the turkey waiting in line <laughs> for the bus. Yeah, with a bunch of like commuters and stuff, and people thought it was cute. But then when the quar happened, mm-hmm. people were always feeding it, and then the quar happened, and then all of a sudden this wild turkey is just like used to being fed by humans now no one's feeding it and then it just got crazy aggressive yes and so uh this is so the solution was to the the solution of this months-long saga was quite similar to the problem that started it when a wildlife capture expert posed as a frail old woman to lure (laughs) gerald in his preferred victims seemed to be older women according to complaints complaints to the oakland animal services quote i baited him with blueberries kibble and sunflower seeds said rebecca dimitrick director of wildlife emergency services then my husband actually had to run down to the truck so i was left alone with the turkey this does not seem like a great plan. Yeah, bad plan. <laughs> <laughs> Dimitrik played the victim, pretending she was scared of him and retreating slowly. That's when Gerald started puffing up and showing aggression. Quote, I saw his reaction and I said, oh, you want a piece of this? I'll give it to you. <laughs> Predictably, Gerald charged straight at her, but 40 years of experience prepared her for the moment. She scruffed the turkey, grabbing him by the neck in a way that doesn't hurt the bird. And then they drove him to East Bay Hills. And now he lives free and wild in the East Bay Hills, uh, where he will not attack children or old women <laughs> ever again. Oh, man. Have you guys ever seen a wild turkey? They're disgusting. They're the worst looking animal. <laughs> Never. They they're really big. They're huge, and then their their head is just skin and flab, and it's just. But they're very aggressive, and they're like sexually aggressive sometimes too. I. But it's weird that he was only targeting old late. <laughs> they will uh, run they up and, to you and they try, try to with each other. No to humans. There, I've been what around. A bird? How does a bird even? I've never thought about bird sex. <laughs> they uh, in high school, my, the <laughs> I was dating, jumped horses and rode horses, and their best friend had this big farm. And the women, the girls that were like sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, had to run away from the turkeys that would chase after them and try to ejaculate on them. Is what I'm saying. What? Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. And That's I went, unbelievable. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, so, f- yes, feel no guilt if you're having a nice turkey Thanksgiving dinner this year. You <laughs> might be saving a teenager's lower ankle. Uh, but, yeah, it was, they were, like, wildly, we would know. You would have to be like, here they come, here they come, here they come. And you would kind of run from them. <laughs> oh, my God. Not Do you great. have Thanksgiving plans? Are you doing Thanksgiving, Sue? <laughs> Good segue. Yeah. yeah no. Thanks. No. no, not this. Yeah, because we might be just in Seattle. In. So yeah, my family's in. Yeah, we're all just kind of like, we'll see you on a Zoom. We'll do Boston a Zoom. Boston Market, and- baby. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I actually love Boston Market. Me too. <laughs> I love Boston. I, who doesn't love Boston Market? I know. Every time, every now and then, you'll like come across one. I don't go in, but <laughs> I'm like, oh. yeah. I remember yeah, when that used good- to be like all the time dinner. It was an all-the-time dinner for me as well. I loved it so much. I haven't eaten. You know what? It was last time I ate it was in Jersey uh, four years ago. Okay. And it wasn't as good as I remember. (laughs) Surprise, (laughs) surprise. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) They probably do one, though, right? They probably do a full menu where for Thanksgiving you can just swing by the old market and bring it all home and Mm -hmm. just spike your sodium levels to a horrifying amount. 
but count me in. Uh, Curdy, do you got a do you got a you got our last story, Scotty? I do. I'm definitely looking into this ejaculating turkey situation. <laughs> Don't. I need to know put, more. Yeah, definitely put it on incognito mode on your web browser before you do that. You don't want this popping yeah. up. If somebody borrows your phone or your laptop, they're going to be like, okay, we got to talk about for... Sue. <laughs> I barely checked her sports <laughs> history, and it was flagrant. Um, Sue, I know you watch a little bit of soccer now and then. This one, and also watching the all sports right now kurt doesn't watch a ton of sports i'm the bigger sports fan but they basically a way to get around and shoot things all the teams have been in these bubbles and part of that is they've introduced these cameras that are like robotic they basically track the ball uh it's just to have less people around the court or the field so here's a story written by john jeffay at msn.com oh boy i love this one scott's fans Baffled as robot camera confuses lineman's bald head for ball. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, Oh, boy. Oh, that's so great. So so everyone's watching at home, but all of a sudden they're just watching a ref's the back of his head over and over. Exactly what happened. Okay. So football fans, soccer in America, football everywhere else in the world, fans were left uh, tearing their hair out as a new robot camera kept mistaking a lineman's bald head for the match ball. (laughs) This is so funny to me. The unmanned device was making its debut at the Inverness Cayley Thistle. Oh, its debut. Yeah, first day. poor robot camera. (laughs) Poor little robot. (laughs) Um, <laughs> so at this game, uh, at the fixture played behind closed doors because of COVID, but it was confused. <laughs> it was confused by John McCrossin's cleanly shaven napper and kept following it instead of the ball. <laughs> so, so Kurt, the, this, this isn't somebody that's in the middle of the field. This is a guy that's running up and down the sideline and the camera is just going with them. <laughs> <laughs> so the one-to-one draw was being covered for the first time on tv by a, on a pay-per-view basis so people are paying to watch their favorite team oh, wow. and it was organized by the spfl uh using high-tech unmanned cameras that are used to focus on light colored match balls unfortunately the robot pixel lot is the name of the robot the pixel lot camera uh became confused uh by the main side judge, as John ran <clears throat> the with the autumn sun bouncing off his gleaming paint. <laughs> as a result, a lot of the action was missed, including a buildup to Ayer's goal. At full time, fans hit the club's Facebook page to lash. And these are Scottish oh. football fans, so you know it's going to be fun. Oh, yeah. Not um, happy. <laughs> no. Not happy. Um, so some of them are common, like, hey, quote, ditch the terrible automated camera and get a human to film our next home match. Uh, this one is the reason I picked this story. One poster said, get a bald linesman to wear a wig in the future. <laughs> as, the, <laughs> as the automated a camera wig? thought. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, my first thought was actually like, oh, he could wear a hat. Yeah. This person just went straight to the wig. Yeah. <laughs> this guy's got his own kink going on. This soccer fan's got like his it. own thing. If he got a wig that was just like um, hexagons of white and black hair, you know? <laughs> yes. I was picturing Lilith. So Lilith's hair. Bringing back crazy. Yeah. <laughs> um, the spokesman for SPFL said, we are aware of a few brief instances, I think this happened a lot, of wandering cameras and have been assured by Pixelot they are working to fix it. <laughs> oh, Pixelot. It's so Poor good. guy. It's so good. This happens. When I Xbox, can't think of a sport I'd be watching where I'd be like that mad. I would kind I of be like, be the oh, best. that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you think it would be, be amazing? Like, the, the game within the game? Yeah. <laughs> I'd be like, where's that head going next? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he runs towards the goal and like just walks over the line and the, the, it's like, score! <laughs> the ball's on the other <laughs> side of the court. I love that. I would go like if that happened in the WNBA, I would be I would encourage people to be like, okay, it follows the orange ball. So let's wear our throwback orange jerseys tonight. Like let's just have this robot <laughs> camera just going up. in every direction. <laughs> it's so fun. 
I love that. I really do. I I uh, remember we got an original. I was I was friends with somebody that got one of the original Xbox cameras. Like it was the thing that filmed you, and then you could do the dance and you could do all the different show like sports. And they at the release party for the Xbox 360 camera. <clears throat> They gave it out to all these kids to be this big promotional day, and then they hadn't worked the software to recognize the faces of black children. It was like programmed, so it was only reading the faces of white kids and I think some of the Asian American kids, but the black kids, it just didn't see them at all, and it was this huge snafu, and everybody panicked. Yeah, and so they had to do like a quick patch. Yeah, it was awful. It was so terrible. Also that they never tested on... That's so crazy that they That's never the story. Yeah, it was so awesome. wild. So I think I still have that one somewhere. It's probably going to go in like the the Prejudice Museum uh, Hall of Fame in the future. But it was crazy that they were like, "Today's the day. Here you go, kids." And then half the kids were like, "Uh, uh I am stuck on the home screen." Yeah. Uh. Well, do you want to hear one more story before we mm-hmm. let Sue go? Mm-hmm. This is just since we started with a butthole, Sue, we're going to end with, with a butthole. butthole. Uh, full circle. More trouble. Full we're circle. so sorry. We're so <laughs> full sorry. Circle, full circle. <laughs> full circle. This exactly. was sent in by Michael Rank uh, at 2 Bit Me. Uh, <laughs> more trouble for suspect who gave cops name that did not pass the smell test. That's a terrible title. Here it is. Uh, this was uh, from uh, Smoking Gun, written by pff, no one. A Florida woman arrested for trespassing was hit with a second criminal charge when, after being asked to identify herself, she repeatedly told cops that her name was, quote, my butt just farted. <laughs> <laughs> so okay. that's great. Okay, so she said that over and over and over and over. Right. Cops asked multiple times, but defendant repeatedly said, my name is, my butt just farted. <laughs> so, and the best part is, officers subsequently identified her uh, as an accused trespasser, uh, but she has, her name is Guerrero, and on her back, she has a Guerrero tattoo on her back in giant letters. So she has her actual name tattooed (laughs) on her back. But she was just telling the cops, my butt just farted, is her name. And you know what? I think she's banana banana of the week. Uh, Absolutely. I love her so much. I just Um, feel like she had to say butt. Like, what else would have farted? Yeah. <laughs> That's the best part. She could have said, genius. I just farted. Yeah. yeah. She could have <laughs> said genius. anything. It was really beautiful. Thank um, you. When I uh, was in Brooklyn, I, I was waiting tables at this place, and there used to be a bar called Snookies. And this was before the Jersey Shore era of Snookies. So in the 70s, I guess Snookies was the spot. Like, like Velvet Rope, Line Out the Door, Cadillacs Parked Outside. And then years go by, and by the 90s, it was mostly older folks from the neighborhood. It was like the Park Slope locals, the people that, you know, the the real deal drinkers. So Snooki's closed. And when they came, when they closed, they all came to the bar at Two Boots uh, in, in Park Slope. And so I got to know all these older I mean, we're talking people that had just been cops in the 60s and 70s. And, and this one told me the story that... Uh, a, F. Murray Abraham, the Academy Award-winning actor, <clears throat> used to drink at Snooky's. He's from Brooklyn. I think he might have even been from Park Slope. And uh, he went to college. He studied theater. He studied acting. But he was just known as a, a neighborhood guy. His first break was he was the grapes in a Fruit of the Loom underwear commercial. Nice. So uh, everybody at Snooky's called him Grapes. Everybody. <laughs> and you can imagine the Brooklyn accents and the ballbuster cops and all those guys. So every time he'd go in to grab a drink, hey, grapes, how you doing? Hey, grapes, how you doing? And he took it. So like 15 years go by. Now it's like the 90s. And he wins for, I think, for playing Salieri and Amadeus. And the guy is the sickest actor. I mean, he is so excellent. So and all these people are hanging out, all these retirees, and F. Murray Abraham comes into his old neighborhood bar, you know, boy done good, and he sits down, and uh, it was middle of the day, 
and this guy goes, hey, Grapes, how you doing? And he loses his mind. He picks up his chair. He throws it against the wall. He starts screaming, and he's like, you bastards. I am a um, like American actor. I have won Academy Awards. I have won. like He's basically one of those guys that's gone his way to get the EGOT. Flipping out, like screaming after like his whole entire adult life being called Grapes. And they just like pants and gets furious and he like calms down. And I guess this old bottlenose retired copy in the bar goes, hey, grapes, take it easy. And then everybody <laughs> just started laughing. And my goal in life is if I'm ever at an entertainment award show or whatever, I'm going to walk over to him and I'm like, hey, grapes, how you been? And I'm just going to see if I can make. And then run. And then run. Yeah. And then just yeah. duck and bob and weave. <laughs> hey, grapes, grapes, take it easy. Oh, you should be yeah. proud of grapes. I know. Agree. I and agree. also be proud, proud of it. just humbly having a, a nickname, you know? That everybody remembered one. like years yeah. later. I think <laughs> it's cool. It's neighborhood. It's cool. It's community. Yeah. Well, Sue, thank you so much for being on the show. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. Yeah. It was fun. It was an absolute treat. Do you <laughs> do you want us to plug anything? Do you want us to look forward to anything? Any parting words of wisdom? Anything you gotta get off your chest? Um, be careful of wild turkeys. Yes. If you're a female. And I feel like I'm going to call it the great core now. So thank you. The great core yeah. is, it's ongoing, but we're doing the best just to keep it as we light are doing as the possible. Best. Yeah. 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 Well, thank you so much. No, Sue. Thank you guys so much for having me. Yeah. Thank you, Sue. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> Bananas. Bananas. This has been an exactly right production produced and engineered by Katie Levine. Theme song by Kehan Amadi. And all of our artwork is done by Travis Millard. So please follow us on Instagram at The Bananas Podcast, where we post so many more stories and make it here. And you can share with us your strange news story by DMing us on Instagram at The Bananas Podcast. So listen, subscribe, and please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bananas. <laughs>